You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, spooktastic Oz listeners, and welcome back to the Oz Network. <laughs> we are here to continue our Halloween random rewatch. My half of the random rewatch, now that we've gotten Colin's boring ones out of what? the way, we're now down to the fun and interesting ones of the the two more interesting of the month, and we're here to talk about 1998 cult classic Halloween Town. Um, if you are cultured, you know what it is. <laughs> if you have a brain, you know that it's an easy-to-follow movie and very logical, and no issues were here, no complaints. It's going to be a smooth-sailing episode here. I will start by saying my name is Rossi, and... It's okay. It's only an evil spell that freezes us temporarily for a short time, and we'll be fine in two days. <laughs> and my name is Colin, and I was hungry, but then I smelled something stinky. It must have been the big cheese. <laughs> uh, classic line. Classic, <laughs> classic line. line. Oh, oh, that's what all the cultured people quote. <laughs> Uh, I guess one thing that I'm curious, because I obviously knew that you were unfamiliar with the movie, this um, Disney Channel movie, which was a part of my kind of childhood and my growing up, but obviously you weren't unfamiliar with it, and you kind of said before we started recording, like, oh, uh, I'm letting you host, because I really don't get what was <laughs> happening, I was a little confused. Um, I kind of want to get your initial takes of what you thought and what you were expecting kind of going in or whatever, I don't know, maybe you researched what it was, I'm just kind of curious what you had going in. Well, what I knew was nothing. Um, <laughs> I I see this movie pop up like every single year. You know, different channels will have their marathons and uh, Disney channels or family channels or whatever we have here in Canada, like YTV. All of the, the under 18 channels will have these movies Halloween Town. I'm like, oh, okay, well, it looks like a kid's movie or whatever. I'm not going to bother to watch this. Uh, so I've never actually seen it. Um, I wasn't even aware that this was some classic. In fact, when I saw these things come up, you know, uh, on my TV guide or whatever in the last couple of years, I assumed this was some new franchise. Didn't even realize it's now 21 years old. Uh, so when you mentioned, you know, 1998 classic, not at the beginning of the episode, we did have this conversation beforehand. I wasn't like, <laughs> this was, this must have been just before Debbie Reynolds died. <laughs> but, um... I was only aware that this was like a classic movie uh, when you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. And having seen nothing on it other than the Wikipedia page, which I didn't even read all the way through, I wasn't aware there was even a real Halloween town until about 25 minutes into this movie. And then I'm like, oh, okay, this is a different movie than I thought. Uh, But now I'm educated and cultured, I guess, for at least the parts of this movie that I understand. (laughs) What were you expecting? Because you said that you were surprised that there was a town and and unsure of what it was going to be. I was thinking like Hocus Pocus, which we covered last year, that, you know, it would probably take place more in the real world and not that there would be some alternate dimension where there's like a Nightmare Before Christmas type, you know, town where the entire town and everything revolves around Halloween in another dimension, another timeline. (laughs) There's so many ways they explain this. It's just so bizarre. Um, but funny enough, you know, I was about ready to give up on this movie. Um, I, I, we were supposed to record this episode a week ago. We took an extra 
week break here uh, in between recording. And I was about 20, 25 minutes into this movie, right at the scene where, you know, the, the grandma and the mom are talking about, uh, oh, I want I want you to come back to Halloween Town with me or whatever. And that's when you're like, oh, I can't really record this week. I'm like, all right, turning this crap off. <laughs> and then when I turned it back on to finish watching it today, suddenly it's like they're in a Halloween Town. It's like, it piqued my interest a little bit. So not dumping on the movie. I'm simply saying that once I knew this was a different town, it was slightly more interesting to me. Yeah, the beginning is very boring, I will say. It's like it literally only takes place in the house, and the only interesting thing is kind of the Debbie Reynolds arrival. So like, I can see why you'd be a little down on it. Like it, It's got some call marks of sort of television-made movie mm-hmm. that is a bit of the charm that I think uh, is what I love about the movie. Maybe it's also kind of nostalgic a little bit for me. Um, I will let you know. That there have been four Halloween Town movies. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's how successful this was, that they ended up making three additional after this one. I don't know what the timeline of the years is, but it probably in the early 2000s they finished them all. So there is a series. So maybe next year we can get to Halloween Town 2, Calabar's yeah. Revenge. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's kind of you know both fascinating and insulting that there are more Halloween Town movies than there are, I don't know, Back to the Future movies, or uh, <laughs> there are an equal number of Halloween Town movies as there are Jaws movies. Uh, uh, I guess Jurassic Park has just surpassed the Halloween Town franchise. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much they can get out of this. They just keep going back to the town. Like, have you seen all four of them? I. I've definitely seen an awful. Four. I really remember the first three. I can't really now that remember the fourth one that well. Um, but they're, they're d- different. Like the third one is called Halloween Town High. So it's a little bit of a different twist on the storytelling. Uh, the second one is really kind of just like a revisal of the first, but in a different format and different setup. Like it's done differently and there's a lot of different mechanics. So I think they've kept it somewhat different. But it's relatively the same kind of storyline. Like, they're good, and there's a bad. They have to get rid of the bad. Are you eager to see the next ones, or no? <laughs> Am I eager? Probably not. But <laughs> if we, you know, vote on doing that for next Halloween, I'll, I'll be up to watch it. I'm curious, at least. If uh, To be all honest, if it's on TV, if I see these pop up again, I'll be like, nah, maybe I'll check that out for a few minutes. I mean, however many Debbie Reynolds is in. I believe she's in all of them, so... Oh man, now I'm obligated for four years? Okay, well, <laughs> can't take it back now. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see if Ben cancels us before that. <laughs> but this is a super popular movie. Like, I was looking at the Rotten Tomatoes. It's an 80, fan, or 80 critic, 72 fan That's reception. That's crazy. Like, this is a made-for-TV Disney Channel movie successful made for TV Disney Channel. <laughs> Let me just put this in a context. Uh, at the time of recording this, you have not heard it yet. If you're listening to our Star Wars recaps, we're only on Attack of the Clones. Uh, ben and I just finished recording Return of the Jedi last night, which has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, Return of the Jedi is only 1% better than Halloween Town? <laughs> Listen, you're putting too much faith in Star Wars. <laughs> well, you have to put more stock in the Halloween Town. Mm. Uh, but let's, I guess we can get into the movie. Um, like I said, Disney Channel released it. It was put out in October of 98. 
So um, it was perfect time for kind of me to watch it and everything. So that's kind of where I started the love of this. And it's kind of been something that I watch regularly, not quite the level of Hocus Pocus regularly, but I, I see it every so often, every few Halloweens, I'll watch it. And it's always, I always enjoy it. It's always something fun. It's quick. It's only 90 minutes. So it's easy to get through. Uh, there's n- in my opinion, it was nothing too crazy that's hard to follow, but apparently <laughs> there are some details that make no sense. Yeah, well, I, I, I want to clarify for a second, because now I have a feeling since we covered A Quiet Place last year, and I notoriously um, had no clue that the girl was supposed to be deaf till like there was 15 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> um, I, I don't want people to think like I didn't understand the plot. It's just there are bizarre things in this movie. I'm like, what? What? And the entire concept of Halloween Town, like, the movie goes by very quickly. You're right. Like, it's it's over and done with. I mean, I was 25 minutes in, and then once we got to the Halloween Town stuff, I felt like I had just watched the pilot for a TV show. Like, it was half the link because it just was it was just finished. And I'm like, what? That's it? Like, you know, it just was quick fire. Like, everything that happens in this movie is just dialogues flying like crazy. Scenes are going one after the other. And I'm sure there's a lot of stuff I happen to miss in here that, you know, had I not watched this... Uh, I don't know, 21 times in the last 21 years, <laughs> uh, like some people probably have, then uh, I wouldn't have picked uh, up on it. 21 times, excuse you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not saying you specifically, but if this is like a Halloween classic that deserves 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm sure there are people who have watched this every Halloween in the last 21 years. I mean, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> um, I will say one fun fact that i have to share about this movie is the director of photography <laughs> is mike is michael slovis <laughs> who worked as a director on breaking bad better call Saul, and game of thrones so i want to see talent put into this movie yeah i want to see the um <laughs> the uh the the trailer early trailers for breaking bad you know, from, I don't know, I can't, I've never watched Breaking Bad, but like, the, from the creator or whatever, and the director of photography of Halloween Town, Breaking Bad. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, definitely a lot of put thought put into this and talent behind <laughs> it, so you can't say that there's not dedication to it. I think that that's kind of also a part of what makes it really enjoyable, and I think the quickness and the regular, like the repeatability of watching it. It's never something that like, you're like, Oh, this again, like you can just get through it so quick and you're done. Uh, and this will probably be the same length as our episode. Very quick and done. <laughs> It'll be off listening to a five hour, uh, recap of another star Wars movie. <laughs> but let's start with the film. Obviously it starts off quite boring, quite boring. You know, the family chilling at home and the mother's, being really mean she's like you can't do halloween you don't understand halloween there's things you don't know and you're too young to understand halloween or whatever um some reason the the girl's friends are over trying to convince her mother to let her go to this party a little bit of a confusion uh but she can't go because the mother hates halloween for unknown reason that we'll learn a little bit later in the kitchen but Long story short, there's arguing. They don't like that thing go out. The brother's like, you're annoying. Uh, I'm smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> cliches abound. But And then Debbie Reynolds shows up in the classic Halloween town way. She floats down off the bus like Mary Poppins oh. and runs into the home and is total opposite of the mother, like loves Halloween. She brings out garlic, the, the 
her bag that's never ending and has infinite room in it uh, and brings out generic candy and decorations and costumes and apparently this is her annual visit so she's coming out to do it but there's more than she seems because she's here to learn about uh help get help for the evil that's been going on in halloween town uh before I, I'm going to kind of let you talk a little bit about this, but one thing I want to ask you directly before you kind of tell me about what you thought about this kind of beginning 25 minutes that you watched, what was your thought when she was talking about Halloween town? Were you thinking like this crazy lady, it's just the town. Like, what were you thinking? I, I, I probably wasn't thinking anything. I, I was just hearing the name and maybe assuming that Debbie Reynolds came from some place called Halloween Town, but still assuming the movie would take place just around the house and maybe out in the neighborhood. This would be, you know, like a Home Alone type thing or a Hocus Pocus type thing, like just very confined story to one neighborhood. Um, but yeah, obviously Debbie Reynolds' character is from another world or something, uh, but I just simply wasn't thinking that that would play a part in the movie. Pause um, for dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Halloween Town, it deserves the dramatic effect. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so pretty much it, it all goes kind of full Halloween mode when Grandma shows up. And as we'll learn, she lives in Halloween Town, this magic place where everyone lives. And uh, the whole they put on their costumes, they have dinner, and they have cookies and all this kind of stuff. And then Grandma wants to read a story to the kids. And the mother's like, as long as it's not about Halloween Town, and she brings out the book of Halloween Town, uh, and and you learn a little bit about what to expect later on in the movie. You see some of the characters resurface, and you see the classic line, or classic scene of, "Hey, there's Marnie in the book," and like it's sort of like this intuition that she knows that something's up, and then. Long story short, the mother kicks Debbie Reynolds out of the house. <laughs> because she can't show Halloween stuff, but they talk about it, how her, the daughter having powers in the room, in the kitchen and all that kind of stuff. We see the first taste of magic when she brings the chicken back to life, kills it, and then brings it back to life again. Uh, and just a whole bunch of stuff about her having powers and the women in the family having these powers that starts when they're 13 or they'll lose their powers and just a whole bunch of sort of magic chat in the kitchen that may or may not have gone over your head. I don't know what, what you registered. <laughs> oh, so what did you think of kind of the first 25-minute chunk? Uh, more than anything, I was thinking about how annoying these these kids are. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say all three of them. I feel like there's a sliding scale in order of age on how annoying you are. Like, this oldest girl, Marnie, like, she is just horrible in this movie. And then the middle boy is just obnoxious, and it's such a stereotype of these type of movies. I'm the... The, the brainy kid who's just going to insult her. But the little girl's fine. She has a couple of fun moments in the movie. They do nothing with her. They set up like she's going to be the big star of the movie and basically do nothing with her. But I, I seeing a 13-year-old kid, like if this were an 11-year-old kid who's saying, you know, I want to be able to celebrate Halloween, I'd be like, fine. Seeing a 13-year-old girl who's this fascinating was like, I want to wear a costume and trick-or-treat. I'm just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, It's like the Santa Claus movie, right? Like, If you go back four years prior to this and Disney's doing the Santa Claus, a much better movie, um, where there's a six-year-old kid or something like that 
who doesn't believe in Santa Claus. It's kind of the exact opposite of this. And you're like, well, that's appalling. He's six years old. You do the Santa Claus 2, and that kid is now 15 years old, and he's hiding it from his friends, you know, that, that like, oh, I, I love Santa Claus and Christmas and stuff like that, and it's never even mentioned because it's inappropriate. There's something weird about a 13-year-old kid who just has this this fascination with Halloween, and she's just not fun. She's just, uh, I, I feel like she's almost like verbally abusive to her mother half the time, and uh, I hate you, it's just, it's, ugh. I don't, I don't like the oldest daughter at all. I don't like that they keep trying to push her like, I'm the chosen one or whatever, which again, a lot of issues are that when we get later on. And then this middle boy, he does have a couple of good lines, but then there's other ones where you're like, I don't want to advocate against child violence. So, you know, I don't want to be the one to hit this kid, but can one of the other kids hit him or something? <laughs> you know, uh, just give me a good nature documentary. I'm like, shut up, kid. <laughs> If I'm sure if I was a kid and I saw this, I'd be like, oh, this is so funny. But as an adult watching it, I'm like, oh, I can't stand this kid. Um, little girl's fine. I don't know why she's so sidelined throughout this movie because she's the only one who's slightly interesting and the only one who's like age appropriate. So like when the grandma shows up, it's like, oh, I'm going to show you kids about Halloween. I mean, it would almost be like, you know, if 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 your grandparent shows up and you're 13 years old, it's like, hey, you want to go see Santa Claus and tell him what you want for Christmas? Like, it's just, it's the wrong time. It should have been two, three years earlier than this. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, for a TV movie, it's decent. The, the Mary Poppins thing, I got a big laugh out of. Uh, because it literally is just Mary Poppins, which is probably the other reason why I said I just assume she came from Halloween Town, and because it, it feels like this is just going to be a Mary Poppins story. She floats in; she's from another world. She just uses her magic in the real world. Everybody's like, "This is amazing," and then she flies off at the end. And maybe I don't know. We'll we'll get to it next year, apparently. But uh, maybe that's just how all these Halloween Town movies start. Um, but Debbie Reynolds is great. I mean, she's she's clearly on autopilot in this movie. This isn't like an Oscar-worthy performance or anything. You know, this is the mom of Carrie Fisher. Why I found the Mary Poppins thing funny is because of the infamous scene now in The Last Jedi where Princess Leia, Mary Poppins, Force floats through space and does this incredible thing. Where like, That's not how the Force works. And now that Mary Poppins has just been tied with Carrie Fisher, unfortunately, in you know, The Last Jedi, and we say, okay, it was a power. It, it, this is, now we know Princess Leia came from Halloween Town. Um, <laughs> we have our explanation now. Um, but the mother, too, like, the mother's just, like, too overbearing. It's, I just feel like this entire family is just annoying to watch. And that was the other reason why I was getting impatient with this. And it is very quick fire. Like, I don't think you can really get bored to the point of like, oh, I'm falling asleep here because like scenes seem to last like 30 seconds and there's like a joke and a one-liner each time. And for uh, what I was appreciating was like for a TV movie, if this is like a TV movie now, the writing's not bad. I mean, it's not brilliant, but there are some decent one-liners in there. You know, the Give Me a Good Nature documentary, it's obnoxious, but you know, it's, it's still original. Um, but yeah, oh, the one that I did really like, which again, you know, um, you feel like who is, who's actually having this conversation is, uh, couldn't you pick another holiday to get hung up on? Like Arbor Day, (laughs) which anytime someone mentions Arbor Day, like the the world's lousiest Halloween, I, I can't help but laugh like that. And you gotta wonder, there's a Halloween town, there's a Christmas town, there's, Easterville town, whatever there is. Is there an Arbor Day town? Like, I want the spinoff here. Arbor Day town. 
where they just go and there's trees that that look really creepy and talk and have sorcerers that that come out of the trees and like Arbor Day Town is the movie that I want to see next. If if they make that, I will dedicate an entire if Arbor Day Town ever comes out, I will dedicate an entire year to covering Arbor Day Town on this podcast. Well, I mean, there's an Arbor Village in one of those Lord of the Ring movies. <laughs> well, the Ents, there we go. So, I mean, <laughs> well, see, maybe that's what you envision. Yeah, you, you, you know that I didn't. Uh, you know, I get B's and C's. You get A's. <laughs> I mean, okay, I will say the biggest... I will agree with you. The biggest drawback of the movie is the fact that these people are that these, this girl is really interested in Halloween <laughs> town and Halloween things, um, despite the fact that she's thirteen. Like, at what, what age? At what age of, did Halloween become, you know, a little bit too childish for you? I don't know. Uh, You're like I'm not there I feel yet. Like thirteen, I'd be over it. You're st- I, I mean, uh, what was I supposed to be over? <clears throat> <laughs> well, I'm, I just mean, okay, so I, I, I'm not one of these people who's ever really been like, oh, Halloween, Halloween. I, I always get confused when people say like, Halloween's my favorite holiday of the year because I'm like, okay, so you can decorate. I can do that on Christmas. You get a bunch of junk food. You get that at Christmas. What you don't get is presents. <laughs> like it's like Christmas without presents and less colorful decorations. So, I mean, for me, it was all, even as a kid, I'm like, okay, I get a cool costume or whatever. I get some candy. I'll be honest, I trick-or-treated until I think I was 16 years old because, you know, you, you if you can get away with it, why not? And you only get one or two people saying, aren't you a little too old for this? But I was doing it so I could get junk food. I wasn't doing it because, like, this is so exciting. But maybe that's just me. Maybe 13 is an appropriate age for kids to be fascinated with wearing costumes and trick-or-treating. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like, I will say, like, as much as we complain that she's, like, still into Halloween, like, she wasn't asking to go trick-or-treating. She was asking to go to a party with her well, friends. Yeah, but it's... like Okay, but you have three kids in this movie. The appropriate thing to do in this movie is to have the littlest kid be the one most excited. It's like if you have three kids in a Chris, in a Santa Claus movie. Let's say, have you ever seen the Santa Claus? No. Please say, oh, you got to watch the Santa Claus. Uh, if you love Halloween Town, you'll love the Santa Claus. Seriously. Uh, but Tim Allen has a son who's six years old in the Santa Claus. Now, let's say the Santa Claus was a movie where he had three kids. He had a six-year-old, he had a 10-year-old, and he had a 13-year-old. How weird would it be if it was the 13-year-old who's like, come on, I want to go see Santa. Like, one way or the other, whether you want to just go to a party or not, because it's not just, yes, she wants to go to a party. That's what she's saying in her mom. But when the grandma shows up, she's like, these are all the things I like. And it's like, you know, ghost stories and, and, you know, costumes and stuff like that. And like, she has this bizarre fascination with this. And I just feel like it would have been so much more believable and appropriate. And even, you know, better for the story. If the little girl here, the only one of these kids who's not obnoxious and annoying was the one who was like, Oh, Halloween, Halloween, this little girl couldn't care less. So why is the oldest kid, the one fascinated with it? Because child acting. <laughs> like, That's just going to be our answer. Anytime there's a kid in the movie from this moment forward, if you've got no explanation for a plot hole, whatever, because child acting. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a logical reason. Like, the, you can't put all of your movie on a like a child that's like 
I don't know how old is this girl? Eight six? What the like that's never happened before? Like the Santa Claus? Like every other kids movie ever made? Like Mary Poppins? <laughs> You're saying that like there's never been a movie where the entire children's movie hinges on the star being a child. Yeah, but I think that they wanted someone with more weight for something like Halloween Town, which is a little bit more like, <laughs> especially with the stuff that we saw, like it's a little heavier. I don't think that like actiony base. I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I'm just you, trying to think of the. You think this girl is has the weight for this? <laughs> Let's just go through the filmography here of Kimberly Jean Brown, the star of Halloween Town. She is famous for... What is it with Halloween movies in you? (laughs) She is famous for Halloween Town, Halloween Town 2, Halloween Town High, and not even the fourth movie! (laughs) They recast her for the fourth movie! (laughs) She had the weight to carry this franchise three quarters of the way through. (laughs) Oh, Rossi's taking a vow of silence. (laughs) I don't get you in Halloween movies. You don't like Hocus Pocus. You don't like this. You don't like The Craft. I don't get you. Oh, The Craft is so bad. I'm serious. If we ever do that, I'm going to throw up. Um, But hey, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? Amazing. You got one. (laughs) Well, let's wait for next week. Let's see if next week I'm a little more sold on. I will say, I actually thought about if we're going to do another you know, Halloween month, which we this will be, what, our third year running, or this is our second, so maybe it is our third. No, I think it is our third. So let's say we do this for another year. I was already telling Jamie, my number one choice is From Dusk Till Dawn. Have you ever seen From Dusk Till Dawn? No. Oh, not a kid's movie, but so much fun. Written by Quentin Tarantino, a movie about two brothers who are bank robbers, and then they kidnap a family to get across the border and literally halfway through the movie it suddenly becomes a vampire movie and it's amazing all right that's interesting (laughs) yes (laughs) i'll put it on my list of things to watch you should (laughs) but are we back to the movie now sure why not the one that we watched yeah we've established that that marnie is just the worst (laughs) Yeah, obviously that line of, this is all the stuff I'm interested in is a little um, (laughs) unfortunate. But I think the whole thing is supposed to be this just fun movie about Halloween, which it is. Like, I don't, obviously we can critique it. Like, it's a big cinema movie. Remember, this is a TV movie that they're just (laughs) doing for fun. Like, I just think there's a lot of fun to it. Anyway, so the grandmother leaves, gets kicked out because she can't be there for too long because magic or whatever. Uh, so she leaves to get on back on the Mary Poppins bus, but it's <laughs> on the ground this time. And the kids sneak on, apparently all three of them, although we only see two of them sneak on. And then they see that they're flying and there are all these people in costumes, which is a little unfortunate as well because <laughs> a lot of them are just wearing a head and normal clothes, but we all move past that. Um, they get there and she runs off. She meets this woman. I forget her name. What was her name with the muffins? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. (laughs) Well, the muffin woman was in town and they ran into each other and they have a conversation. This will set up later about what's going on in Halloween town, but they are there. They're having fun. They're chatting. And then the kids get off the bus and they're, 
kind of like, whoa, this is actually real, which I'm sure you're th- we're thinking the exact same thing. Whoa, this is actually <laughs> real. This, is a, this isn't like two stops down on the highway or anything like that. This is actually a real town in another world. Um, you probably had the same reaction as the kids when the bus was flying in the air. Yeah. <laughs> but they get there, they're like shocked. There's all these people in costumes and pumpkin heads and multiple eyes or multiple legs or whatever. There are all these different types of people and monsters and things like that. They run into the mayor who will become a big figure later on, Calabar. Uh, you know, they kind of introduce yourself. You kind of see some of the charm and the charisma of the him and his magic. He pulls a lollipop out of his ear, makes it disappear. Then we meet our, they, they get a ride to the her house and the cab driver who's a skeleton uh, probably one of the stars, right? You like, oh you yeah, tell me like skeleton. No, absolutely. Yeah, I was okay. gonna tell you, like, I want this guy to have a whole movie. That's the fifth one coming out <laughs> soon. If you can survive one, two, four, he'll be in the crossover on Arbor Day Town. <laughs> oh. he's the Arbor Day spirit. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a drive to the town. Uh, he rolls down the hill backwards when he leaves, but they get to her house and apparently she locks up with a huge padlock. Uh, long story short, they fight again. The, the brother and sister go at it again. Uh, this time, no Arbor Day or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> while they're not paying attention to the one child that this movie uh, should pay attention to, she turns the lock into a frog and they get in to the house and then starts the magic. Grandma makes boil, boil. Was it boil, boil? What is it? Toil, toil, boil in trouble or whatever mm-hmm. on the microwave. And she makes a brew out of that. And anyway, the lot, they come in. She learns a little bit about that they snuck home away from home and everything. She's making a brew. We kind of look into the cauldron and see this figure that's causing trouble. Uh, not quite sure who it is or what's going on, but the, he's causing trouble in town. And, and uh, that's pretty much kind of what's been going on. She we get a little bit more of magic. She lights this totem up, with, or sort of tries to light this totem up, and then they learn the recipe for how to make it by scratch, um, for, So, which will come up a little bit later. Uh, I'll leave the chunk there, because then we get into town later, and I'll save that for some more conversation later. But uh, this next chunk, what, what were your thoughts on how it progressed from boring town to halloween town well seriously the second they got on the bus and you sort of saw there was something going on i'm like what is this bus flying and you see all the other creatures like immediately i started tuning in a little bit closer because maybe it was just because it was it was different from what i expected it was going to be um and there are some let's be honest there are some bad masks and costumes in this movie but like this Frankenstein one looks great. And then the cab driver one looks great. Like I actually started really enjoying it at this section. Like there's really no plot going on whatsoever. Um, and I think there's a lot of huge mistakes they make in uh, the story here. But when they got into Halloween Town, it's so funny because I actually wrote in my notes. At this point I was in the movie, I put, so there actually is a Halloween Town? Because <laughs> I just didn't expect we'd get to see, you know, Halloween Town in a Halloween Town movie. Um... But yeah, no, I, I actually like all this stuff when they first get there. Um, the 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 mayor sticking the lollipop in the ear was a little bit weird, <laughs> where or pulling it out of his ear and then asking. And I I know I was just saying, oh, a little girl won't be able to hold the weight of a movie. Uh, 
part of that, I guess I'm going to have to agree with you now because there was a joke here that would have like been great if this kid, the, the little girl, the only one I like in this movie, the little girl could have acted a little bit better when he pulls this lollipop out of his ear and he goes, here, have a lick. And she just goes, no, no, thanks. It was like the little girl had no idea that the joke here is, why would I lick something that came out of your ear where she just says like, no, thanks, as if, no, sorry, not hungry. And the, the joke just completely falls flat. But like you actually get, if you're smart enough, like me, you know, I got B's and C's, not A's like Rossi, but still smart enough. But you, you get that it's like, this is supposed to be a disgusting thing. But I like that gag. You know, this mayor is fun. Um, Here's where I start to get really confused. We haven't been introduced to Luke yet, have we? Uh, we do in the cab ride. I forgot to mention that. But oh the yeah, they they pass by him. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and they I think that's where they say that he got this plastic surgery or nose job or stuff like that to look basically look normal. Now, is Halloween Town a place where they just all dress up in costumes, or do they all look like that? Like, are these actual creatures? When you see skeleton guy, obviously is supposed to be a creature, uh, and it's hilarious that skeleton cab driver here his face is always moving all over the place like he's raising his non-existent eyebrows you know he's he's smiling like a bone structure apparently is flexible (laughs) as if it's muscle which is just a bizarre effect but it looks cool and again i think this guy's fun especially when they say take us to our grandmother's house he goes oh where does your grandmother live and he's like oh she's over the river and through the woods and he kind of laughs him's like ah get it (laughs) I, i love this guy he's the best thing in the movie um, but the other people, like, are these people who are wearing masks because they celebrate Halloween year round? Like, this is my costume. Or are they physically what we see? Because when they pass by Luke and they say he got a nose job, he did this to change his appearance. He's one of like, maybe only a handful of people in this entire town who look normal. Like him, Debbie Reynolds and the mayor seem to be the only ones who are, have human appearances. But then I'm thinking like, is this supposed to be in costume because it's Halloween town? And I think that there was a line at some point where Debbie Reynolds is trying to explain like, as if Halloween town is just the place where they celebrate Halloween year round. Like this is where I started to get really confused. Please shed some light on that. So I'm pretty sure it's uh, like, this is where everyone lives, like regardless of like what monsters, like if there are monsters, I don't think it's just, people wearing masks because they're really into Halloween or this is all the stuff they're interested in kind of thing. Mm. Um, I think it is like, like we saw like a a Frankenstein monster. Like I think that is actually a monster, not just someone who's really into dressing up for fun. Uh, I think that there are some human looking people, like obviously the mayor is a, a warlock. So obviously he hasn't a human appearance. Same with Debbie Reynolds. She's got a human appearance. But outside of that, everyone's kind of a little bit rough around the edges, I'll say. Like, people have, you know, Luke at the end is revealed to be some sort of, like, monstrous human. So, obviously, that even he's not even human visually. So, I think that there are people like that. And there is a woman later on when they're in town. She has one eye. And she, like, says hello. And so, like, I think there are people that look a little more human but are a little rough around the edges. I think that that's just kind of what they were going for with it. It's like... So they like, don't... They don't. These s- were all the outcasts, and now they're here. I mean, this is then just the town of monsters. It's not really... It doesn't really have anything to... Like, this is where I don't understand the connection of Halloween to this movie. 
because this is a town. It's a completely normal town. I think that was one of the things I thought was kind of funny about this is that they land and it's not like, you know, it's dark and there's all these ghosts going around everywhere. It's like you have people delivering the mail and they just happen to be a werewolf and then they'll they'll be uh, people serving drinks, you know, at a restaurant or, or uh, waiting tables or there's there's you know, a guy who just sweeps floors, he's a janitor, but he just happens to be, uh, I don't know, like like a vampire or whatever. And it's just monsters who live in a completely regular town. But that's why I don't get what is the Halloween connection to these people. This is just a regular town. So for like ob- obnoxious little girl Marnie here to show up and be like, it's like Halloween year round. It's like, no, it's exactly the same as your neighborhood. They just all look weird. <laughs> I would. I think there's something later on. Later on, where Debbie Reynolds kind of explains it a little bit. I think the way I kind of interpreted it. Obviously, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? But I'm going to go with it. I'm right. <laughs> if only you'd watch this 21 times in 21 years, you could answer my question. Yeah, I know. Maybe I know. <laughs> but she does say at one point, um, like that they were in like regular, like the regular world or whatever, like boring town with everyone like with humans and all that kind of stuff and then they were sort of like outcast and made fun of or whatever so they left and they made their own world essentially and so i kind of view it as like almost like these are like indigenous or aboriginal people Mm -hmm. like they have all these customs that are based on halloween and so that's what they do here but they have to live like normal people that live like they live before like they have they need mail they need milk they need brooms they need ice cream shops like they need these things as well so that's kind of why that comes into it and i obviously there's a little bit of like tongue tongue in cheek like nods to real life for the kids like oh that's funny haha the werewolf is cutting hair like he's hairy haha like to it as well so that's my view of it i and i actually really got excited the moment when they're trying to open the gate and marnie of course Maybe this is another reason I just can't stand Marnie is because she's like spending this entire movie like I I I have powers I'm a witch and she can't do anything and throughout this entire movie she does nothing but yet they make her the main character still and they have this moment with the little girl what is the the youngest girl's name Dylan's the middle boy uh, Sophie Sophie okay so they have <laughs> the Calvars that are wrong twenty times yeah. I feel like we should have yeah. gotten that <laughs> um. So Sophie, uh, when everybody else can't open this gate, suddenly it's open and you don't see what happened on screen. And then she's like, wait, wait, how did the gate open? And it's like, oh, I opened it. And you're thinking like, do you have powers? You go, no, I just pushed it. And then they walk away and she's like, plus I asked the lock to turn into a frog. And you see, whoa, she has power. She doesn't even have to try. And I'm like, this is a really cool idea. I, and I imagined in a movie where the oldest two kids are the ones that you keep thinking have powers, and in the end, they just turn out to be regular people, and this little girl who doesn't even try does it. And they, they have several moments throughout the movie here where it feels like they're doing that, and then she just doesn't even play a part on the end, which, you know, I'll complain about that more when we get to it later. Um, but yeah, like, when they're making the potion here, like, I, I like some of the fun stuff in the house, like the different dials on the microwave, and, uh, you know, when Debbie Reynolds is making this potion or whatever, and it doesn't really work... And she says something like, you know, oh, that's what I get for using instant. Like, just drawing the parallel, like, you know, uh, there's instant coffee, you know, making. And then there's instant potion making. Like, some of those things are kind of fun. 
Um, this whole plot about like the the scepter or whatever that they need to create this spell on. It's like, oh, this is why I needed your mom because you know the, it, it, all spells work better with two witches. Like they don't do anything at all to it. They 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 say a couple of lines and this thing comes to life later on. Like I don't. It, it just it doesn't seem like this is enough stakes for a movie. And again, I know I'm criticizing a Disney Channel movie, but if you're going to say, like, oh, I need... This entire town is filled with witches. Why are none of the other people... Like, there's nobody else there that could have done this? I think they even but mentioned... But not that, a Cromwell. Well, yeah. Oh, it has to be a Cromwell. <laughs> um, but, like, even Grandma here, she doesn't ask the little girl. Like, this entire movie is solved if just somebody pays attention to the little girl... And they have a couple of moments here where they set that up and it just it never follows through properly. Well, they did sort of explain it a little bit when Marnie's like, I'll help when the, the potion instant mix came up. Yeah. And she said that you had to be trained and sort of stuff like that. So I would say that maybe that's why no one's, hey, ask for help. But is there any and moment in this movie where anybody's suddenly like, Sophie, you're not even trained and you can do all this stuff like a professional? Round of applause for Sophie. Like, it just, it never happens in the movie. Yeah, maybe there's, like, a part of it that they don't realize, a part of it, like, I, I'm not sure. Valid point. They <laughs> probably, should, they definitely should give her more attention in the movie than they do. But I kind of like that a little bit, the way that they did it, just because I feel like that's, like, a fun thing for the audience. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're having fun watching her do this stuff on her own while these other people are struggling I think that's just like a fun thing that they're doing. Yeah. And again, I said it was really clever when it's like, how did you get the gate open? I just pushed it. Oh, okay. And they walk away. It's like, and then I asked the lock to turn into a frog. And she's the only, like, she doesn't care that, you know, anybody knows she has met to her. She doesn't even get it. Yeah. And I think that's just fun for us to see, like when it pans slowly down to see the frog there Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. (laughs) And then later when she, she knows the magic spell of things to say, just like fun stuff for us to, to react to. After they sort of start making the instant potion, the instant coffee in the microwave, and it doesn't work, they they kind of go in back into town. Uh, she runs; they're running back into the mayor, um, so they could get. I think they wanted to get the right ingredients for the potion. Is what they were trying to do in town. Uh, but they go back to the. They they interact with Luke at the shop. They they see the mayor again. He sort of dismisses all the things. Uh, were you getting any signs that he was the bad guy? Like, were you like, not, oh, this is the bad guy? We just have to... No, not in the least. I, in fact, I thought that the mayor is what would draw the mom back into, oh, you know what? Halloween Town's not so bad after all. Let's move back because the dad's gone. And then this, this you know, new handsome guy that she used to know comes in. And, you know, suddenly she's like, I'm ready to move on. I, I honestly thought that's where this was going to go. Oh, you were twist surprised. Yeah. Oh, plot twist. <laughs> Anyways, they, they run into him. He sort of dismisses all of her charges. Like, give me two days. Two days. Um, um, meanwhile, Marnie, she goes off to the broom shop, which is um, <laughs> dollar store brooms painted nicely. Um, that's a little unfortunate as well. Um, a few times, so I'm like, ugh, I, I wish that, lo- that looked better. But um, she wants to buy a broom from the undead Elvis, who is probably one of the most committed actors of the entire uh, movie really giving his all in the performance um 
but they're interrupted because uh, Wiener Boy comes in. And... <laughs> Wiener Boy. It's <laughs> a real character. Uh, they say it the rest of the movie after <laughs> Elvis mentions it, so we gotta go to it. Uh, but Wiener Boy comes and threatens them, but he's a big stinky cheese, so he's got to get out of there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, none of this is made up. Please t- watch the movie. If you <laughs> but he threatens them somehow because he he knows. I don't know. Does he mention that he knows the bad guy yet or no? Well, he kind of says, you know, y- you should, uh, y- y- you shouldn't be so dismissive of me. I know some powerful people in this town. Oh right. right. And then he and then stumbles on. around like Mister Bean on his way out after giving this big intimidating speech. Yes, it was a very Mr. Bean comedy moment, but <laughs> long story short, Marty gets the broom, and then the mom shows up, Buzzkill. Um, she tells everyone they've got to leave because she can't use her powers, but the bus isn't coming for hours as um, two-headed coffee drinkers uh, were arguing. That... Anyway, long story short, the bus isn't coming. I, can't, I don't even know what to make of those two, but the bus isn't coming, and so they go back uh, they see uh, they go to the mayor because the mayor is going to help, and then they sort of rekindle their relationship, the mother and him. A uh, very sexual dialogue in this part. Uh, a lot of wieners with the, <laughs> yeah wieners, but like the rose coming back to life, and just a lot of the dialogue that they had was quite interesting. They see Wiener Boy go off with Grandma to the movie theater, and so they follow them there, and that's where the the townspeople that have been sort of under this spell have gone after two days of what or whatever and they sort of just sit there in frozen solitude um calabar uh dylan comes out and starts throwing magic around one of the guys sitting in the theater gets thrown into the vortex uh presumably dead who knows um the mom comes in flowers the wiener kid and then the, they get she they get um <laughs> She flowers the wiener kid. That just sounds so wrong. <laughs> Did she deflower him after that? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> well, the next time we see him, he doesn't have flowers on, but she was frozen <laughs> solid at this point. <laughs> the deflowering of wiener boy. <laughs> However, she didn't do it because she was frozen. Because she pushed the grandmother out of the way to save her. She gets frozen, the grandmother gets frozen, and they run out because there's no good to them staying um, and then the starts of starts the journey of them going through and collecting bit a bit of each of the ingredients that they need the werewolf hair the sweat of the ghost the vampire fang and things like that so they kind of go and start doing this uh, shopping qu- quest that they're on um, and before the end I'll let you kind of say what you have to say before we get to the big finale <laughs> <laughs> the big finale. <laughs> I just, just can't get over the deflowering of Wiener Boy. <laughs> Your mind brought it, not the movie. Uh, <laughs> I I was like really taken aback though when they dropped the, the the name Wiener to him too because I'm like this is a Disney Channel movie like, <laughs> but when they continually call him for like the entire <laughs> Wiener Boy, it's weird. Um. 
Yeah, the Elvis guy, is this supposed to be real Elvis? That that's I don't think they ever clearly say that in here, which I think would have made it funnier if this wasn't just a guy in an Elvis costume, but this is actually like, oh, this is where Elvis went when he died to Halloween Town. <laughs> now he's he's hawking cheap brooms on a street corner. Um but yeah, the 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 some of those little side monster characters are here are fun, like the skeleton guy, the cab driver, Elvis guy here is fun. Uh the insults being thrown around between Luke and Marnie, not good at all. Like the, you know, I was hungry, but then I smelled something stinky. It must have been the big cheese. Like, oh, wow. This, even for a Disney Channel movie, like you have slightly higher expectations than that for the dialogue. But as I said, there's good lines in this movie. There's just some bad lines as well. Um, the, the, the Luke character, uh, I don't really understand if he's necessary in this movie you know i kind of thought this would turn into like a love story between him and marnie um you know they're equally bad in this movie but i don't even think it goes there like he's just a character who's going along with the bad guy but i don't understand calabar the bad guy here he's gonna recruit all these associates let me ask this 13 year old boy who gets plastic surgery like he's gonna be you know, the best henchman, this is this is like the James Bond equivalent of Jaws. I'm going to get Luke to be my right-hand man. And he doesn't really even do anything in this movie. He kind of leads them into the theater. Uh, I just, <laughs> these are some of the things where I'm like kind of confused. I'm like, is this going somewhere? And then it doesn't go anywhere. Um, I, I think that the effect, though, when they get into the movie theater is actually really cool. Uh, seeing like the screen, which is like completely three-dimensional, like this weird cloudy stormy vortex and then when the 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 villain guy when he comes out of the screen it's a cheap effect but it's like it's effective and i don't know if this makes any sense like have you ever seen the original ghostbusters movie yeah yeah so in ghostbusters there's a great halloween movie ghostbusters ghostbusters 2 i mean ghostbusters 2 is technically a new year's movie but still um but the effects they look dated but it kind of has this creepy quality. Like a, a movie could have a bad effect, a dated, cheesy effect, and still kind of be like, "Whoa, that's kind of creepy." And that's sort of what I felt like when I saw him coming out of the screen. Like it felt like something out of Ghostbusters. And in a way, that can be more effective than getting something with like really convincing looking CGI. But it's just also kind of a creepy idea. Like this is a movie theater you go in and it comes to life. Don't they say like the movie theater's closed down or something? Like it's it's boarded up here. Is this just like? a secret base like how did the people get in here because it looks like people sat down to watch a movie and then he just freezes them in place but this place is closed down there's another thing like is that explained in the movie not really they they go by it and the grandma's like oh it's closed um so there's something where in the time that something that's happened where the mayor i guess closed it down and made it his playground for his evil plans but then how do the people people get get in maybe there's like a back door yeah but then there's a back door people i just wonder well well, that would be my question why are they sneaking in if it's closed like if i'm a villain and i'm trying to trap all the people in halloween town and freeze them uh sort of kind of freeze them very slowly uh (laughs) i would keep the movie theater open and then you're like oh this is playing this week and somebody comes in there they sit down for the movie and he comes out and you know, wicked, sinister, maniacal laugh, and he freezes them in place. Uh, it's just, it doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, but it's still, it's a cool effect. It's a cool little location that they have. 
Um, the effect of them getting frozen, kind of strange. Uh, oh, uh, did they have they mentioned yet? Yeah, let's go all the way back here before any of this stuff happens. So in Halloween Town, it's a completely different timeline, right? Like Debbie Reynolds oh, yeah, says, the time dilation. Yeah, I can't believe we forgot that. Debbie Reynolds says something like, uh, "Oh, I got to get you back to your mom," which it's like, but there's no rush because you know two days here may only be two hours in the real world. Like, they don't even clearly state what the rules are. And then it'll get even more confusing in the late later on in the movie, which is why I want to bring that up. But when they're, they're like, frozen here, I'm wondering, are they frozen in time? Are they just frozen in space? Can they not move? Does this guy have control? This is what I was thinking at this point in the movie when he's freezing all these people. Is this the guy who has control of, like, all the weird timelines in Halloween Town? And at some point, it's just going to all become normal? Uh, you got to wonder, though, like, if... You can spend more time in Halloween Town as less time in the real world. Then why is Debbie Reynolds not like I don't know, like five hundred years old as opposed to sixty, sixty-five or whatever it is here? Uh, because she like five hundred years old though. But then how like how that. does she have a daughter who lives in the real world who's thirty-five? Because uh, magic. <laughs> because oh, because child, child acting. acting. Yeah, child acting. <laughs> That's going to be the new thing. Because child acting. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but seriously, like... You're for... It's going to get worse in the second movie because they time travel in the second Oh, movie. man. <laughs> That's where all my questions will be answered because the child acting will have improved. Um, yeah. I actually commented to Jamie watching this. I'm like, is it weird that Debbie Reynolds is 65 and like she's still kind of hot? <laughs> and then now that she's supposed to be 500, I'm like, oh man, she looks even better for her age. So there you go. Hottest 500 year old woman you've ever seen. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, this is actually kind of an okay section of the movie. Like, I, I I'm, the, the more stuff that happens, it, it'll lose me on the end. But when they go on their little mission here after mom and grandma are kind of frozen in, time and space or whatever as they just sort of slump into the chairs and stop moving but they can still talk at a completely normal speed um and they're saying we got to complete the mission we got to get the potion for this this scepter or whatever and, and they're like but but we don't know magic we're what is their name again the the i was gonna call them M- M- mclennan what's their name? oh cromwell cromwell the, the, the mclennan family here uh, the Cromwells. We're Cromwells. We can do anything. And then they join their hands together. <laughs> it's like, Cromwell team break. <laughs> it's just really cheesy. But I get it. Kids movie, whatever. Uh, and they go off and they want to complete the potion. But they need three ingredients for the potion. They need, what is it? Werewolf hair, um, vampire teeth, and ghost sweat. Okay, so we get kind of a fun little sequence here where they go to a salon that is run by a werewolf and in the who is in the book is who's in the book yes exactly <laughs> um and marnie sets off a flamethrower in his business place uh and the the boy i think it is buzzes the back of his hair um and they just run out of there uh like pranksters on halloween and they get the vampire tooth. Okay, that one I'm still with. That's what was that the aerobics tooth? No, that was the dentist office, right? Okay, so they go to the dentist office, a dentist office where the 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 dentist is pulling a tooth from a vampire. Uh, okay, so they got that. 
the ghost one with the middle one that I'm really lost <laughs> on here. Sweat of a ghost. Like, it could have been anything. You could have done anything here. Like, a charge of electricity from Frankenstein's neck. You know, sweat from a ghost. A doesn't even make sense. But they go to an aerobic studio and we get, like, the, the you know, leopard woman aerobics instructor we get the sauna in the back where a ghost is going in for a sauna so that's how they're gonna get the sweat from him but he's trapped in a little sauna box and their entire plan is we're just gonna stand here until we can collect a bead of sweat off of the ghost like this is really bad writing and let's make it even worse the sweat from the ghost could have come from any place. You could have held it up to his forehead. But we see the bead of sweat come off the tip of his nose. Which to me, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, his nose just looks like it's running. And they're going to get back there and they're going to put this potion together. And the scepter's not going to come to life at all. The scepter's going to transform into, I don't know, a frog as well. Because it's going to be like, wait a second. They turn the page. They're like, oh, there's another spell here. Hair of a werewolf tooth of a vampire snot of a ghost creates a frog oh we got the wrong spell like ghost snot is what they got here they didn't get ghost sweat but somehow it works because child acting <laughs> that's the explanation which really is true because it's not marnie who makes this thing come to life it's sophie who magically made up a song to remember this spell uh, so she's not even trained but she can do this she's self i think that's the explanation that sophie is self-trained in this movie because she's like, how did you remember the spell? It sounded pretty, so I came up with a song to remember it. So I guess she does have training. Um, but it, I mean, it's 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 you know, it's kind of a fun section of the movie here. It's, it's just again, they drop the ball earlier on. They drop the ball here again, where they're setting up Sophie's going to be the star of this movie. But no, sadly, she's not going to be. I think a lot of this is stuff that you'd normally let go if you were not recapping it. Um... Then that is true. Like again, we we we're doing the Star Wars movies, and we've seen these movies a million times. And then we sit down and we take notes, and we're like, "Well, eh, I never really noticed before, but this really doesn't make sense." Yeah. So I think a lot of this is the dropping of the ball is really just stuff that doesn't matter to a kid watching this movie. <laughs> so I mean, yes, we can say like, yeah, some of these things are not the best. Like maybe that girl's line should have not just been no thank you and should have been something a little better mm -hmm. um, or explain things a little bit clearer or reworked it. But it's just fun. Like I think that we, we hit all the hallmarks in this kind of segment. We have a werewolf, a ghost, a vampire, stuff like those classics. Snot. So I think that that was kind of sweat. Snot. <laughs> sweat. <laughs> <sighs> And just fun stuff. Like, I think that all the segments were super fun. Like, the flamethrower is, is like a flamethrower. Like, that's like the real world, but now in Halloween version. And sort of the aerobics instructor is this cat lady. And then just like fun stuff like that. And the it is fun. vampire I mean, does have to go to the dentist. Like, it's got everything. It's got vampires, werewolves, leopard women, wieners. Like, everything you expect out of Halloween. <laughs> Anyway, and then dramatic yeah, pause. Just, sorry, I was trying to think about what happened after this. Um, <laughs> but all these scenes are just fun. Like it, um, it does lose a little bit uh, for me. Like less Debbie Reynolds in this moment. But um, anyway, they get to the town square because they realize that this is where they have to set up the um, 
the thing for the de- demon defeating. Like they have to set up the thing here in this town square because the symbol of Halloween. I guess that's probably why. Um, but they the guy reveals that he's Calabar, and then he's trying to get everyone to join him on his side or whatever. But the family casts this bell uh, just so she could get the talisman in the the pumpkin. Uh, but he freezes her while she's up there, um, and everything looks like it's about to, you know, be all bad. Like they lost. No, um, she somehow drops the talisman. Uh, it does a one eighty like spin in the the middle of the thing, and it lands so right that it it works and it frees everyone that was trapped in the theater, and. It weakens him, and then they're able to cast a final magic spell together. All of the family, even uh, Dylan, who doesn't have magic, but apparently or doesn't believe that he has magic, but has magic. Um, and so that happens, and then they leave Halloween Town. Um, I, I sort of shortened it very quickly, but um, it's pretty cl- cliche filled. Like the kids stand up to the bad guy, and then they leave, and he think he they just think that they're about to lose, and and something happens, and then magic, and then more magic. But still, Debbie Reynolds, fun, uh, kids movie, uh, child acting. <laughs> because child acting. Um, yeah, this movie falls apart on the end here. Uh, this is like the most anticlimactic climax I think I've ever seen in a Halloween movie, at least. Uh, but there's it, just so many things wrong with this. A... The little girl's the only one that has nothing to do. They even bring the boy's powers in here. And maybe they have a brief moment with Sophie and I miss it. But, like, the boy suddenly has force lightning that he can shoot off. Uh, No hint to that beforehand. This would have made a lot of sense to me if, like, you have the showdown here and Marnie's going to go in there. As always, I'm the hero uh, because I'm special. (laughs) And, uh... You know, I'm a witch, and uh, I'm not trained, but but I'm a McLennan, and I can do anything. <laughs> McLennan. Uh, but she goes in there, and then she completely fails, and then suddenly little Sophie just flies through the air on a broom and picks it up, and she does it. And you're like, what? The little girl could do it all along? She's not even trained. That's an ending makes sense. Here we get this showdown with, with evil Calabar, and... He's defeated because she happens to fall on top of a jack-o'-lantern in a position that's right enough that not even right away, but like two or three minutes later, she loses grip of this thing, not even of her own doing, and this this talisman tumbles just in the right way to light this jack-o'-lantern. Like, even just the whole premise of it needs to be inside the jack-o'-lantern doesn't make sense, and... Just the fact that she just falls in the right way, it's just, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's just, it's, it's a bad way to end this movie. There are a million ways you could have done this better. It's kind of clever, even though it's predictable when, you know, she's wearing this cloak and then you see Calabar's like chasing, you think her, and then suddenly realize, no, it's just Luke and drag. Uh, but other than that one moment, I don't feel like anything's really done well in this climax here. Um, I don't even know. Like the little boy, does he come back with powers in the sequels? Like his force lightning is he supposed it's... to be different? 
There's something in like one of the third, I think the third movie where he talks, I think it comes up more often. I can't remember in the second movie or not, but uh, he is always resistant to having powers for some reason, like personality wise. And also Mm -hmm. I think they don't really explore it too much in the movies from what I remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, they throw it in literally at the last minute here for almost no reason whatsoever. And again, the little girl that you spent the entire movie building up really does nothing here. Or, or does she do something and I missed it? She doesn't do anything. Special. There you go! <laughs> because child acting! <laughs> no, this movie's perfect. I, I, don't, I don't like this. Um, I mean, a couple other things here that just don't make any sense. Luke, when he transforms back into his previous self... And he said, you know, I, 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 I shouldn't have joined with the villain. I shouldn't have been bad. I only did it so I could be handsome. Again, I'm looking around at this town. Nobody looks like human here. So why is human his definition of handsome? They're living in a town where everybody is like a troll creature or a vampire or a werewolf. In what world do they even know what humans look like outside of Debbie Reynolds? Um, it makes no sense at all. And... When Debbie Reynolds says in the end, like, you know, oh, mom, I want you to come live with us. I can only cross over on Halloween nights. So the only time she can cross from one world to the other is on Halloween. And yet two hours on the real world is like two days or possibly. She doesn't even say two days, two weeks, two months, whoever, whoever knows. Does this woman go like 75 years in between her visits to Earth? And that's how she's 500 years old? And like you think she'd show up and be like, like you know, I, daughter, I haven't seen you in five hundred years, but mom, it's only been a year. Like the the whole timeline, thing, I don't even think it's necessary in this movie. I don't understand why it needs to be here. Like when they set up that timeline earlier on in the movie, it's like they're saying, oh, it doesn't matter if I get you back to your mom right away, because I could keep you here all night and only a couple of minutes will have passed. But then they keep cutting back to the mom as if it's like. Huh, it's been an hour. It's been two hours. Where are the kids? And the mom just shows up. Like it doesn't even need to be in the movie. And then it complicates it later on when they say I can only come over on Halloween. It just has me scratching my head. Like uh, overall, fun things in this movie, but please, please tell me you understand now what I meant when I said at the beginning. Like I don't understand what's going on here. There are things that don't entirely have explanations. <laughs> is what I think you're going for. Well, and also just not, things in the... Not that they don't make sense. Like, I think that the story... Well, like, the timeline does not make sense. Let's at least agree on that. We're not talking about time. I'm talking about just, like, what they're doing. Like, they... Yeah. The grandmother comes. She's all into Halloween. And then there's, like, no. The Simple like, plot. I felt something was off. They come. They do the thing. They defeat the guy at the end. Yes, there are things in the story that don't really check out. Like, why is it the jack lantern that they have to do it at? Why does this kid have electricity? Yeah. Why do they not talk... To this little girl more than they they should. It's the um, decisions of the writers and the filmmakers in taking the story to this point and this point and this point, which is actually anticlimactic. When it, there were clear setups to go here, here, and here, that's part of what I say. It doesn't make sense. Agreed. Agreed. Good. We agreed <laughs> because child acting. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> And that's it. Uh, that's what do you it. think? Um, I'm still kind of interested in the sequel, despite this movie yes. being a complete mess. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I do not care to see these two older kids again, so I'm hoping we get a little bit more focused on Sophie or Grandma, maybe even Mom in the sequel, maybe even Luke. Uh, just less of these older two kids. Uh, if I'm going to have to rate this thing... There were times watching this where I'm like, you know, this is at least rent worthy, but like the story just, it's just, it's the, the, the wrong choices made in storytelling, such an anticlimactic ending, um, enough fun stuff in there. I mean, I'm, I'm going to bin the movie, but I'm going to bin it with, Ugh. I'm binning it oh, with, it, it's at least, I can see this is one of these things that may take on that campy cult classic, you know, appeal where... 10, 20 years from now, I could laugh at this movie enough to be like, I kind of want to watch Halloween Town, you know? But it is easily a bin-worthy movie. What do you think I'm doing? You're going to buy it. <laughs> How'd you know? Oh, because child acting. <laughs> yes. It is up there in the upper tier of Halloween movies. <laughs> Are there a lot of famous Halloween movies? Like, there's movies that get shown. I was thinking about this when you were talking about I just hate Halloween movies. I'm like, well, do I? Yeah, there are movies that are shown at Halloween, right? Like, you'll always have movies like Poltergeist on TV. Um, the Craft. The Craft isn't really a Halloween movie. Uh, but movies that take place on Halloween. It's kind of like a Christmas movie, right? Like, It's a Wonderful Life is not a Christmas movie. It's a movie that just happens to end at Christmas and has nothing to do with Christmas. A Christmas movie... Die Hard, same thing. It's not necessarily... A, I love Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie, but people say it's not a Christmas movie. What are Halloween movies? Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town, anything Halloween else? Halloween Town 2. <laughs> Halloween Town 2, the Halloween Town franchise? Yeah. Uh, there are a few. I feel like they make more... Well, um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, there's that's a Christmas and Halloween movie, I guess. Yeah, depending on your take of it. Uh, um, trying to think. E.T. Could you consider E.T. If It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie, then E.T. is a Halloween movie because it takes place on Halloween and has trick or treating and costumes. Okay. <laughs> Adam's Family. You can say that's a Halloween Maybe movie. Adam's Family movies. Yeah, we covered that. A couple out there. I like the Adam's uh, Family Casper movies. Casper, yeah. <laughs> Does that take place on Halloween? I'm sure it does. And he did not yeah, sweat. Not outside of horror, like a lot of horror movies are considered Halloween movies. Yeah. Uh, but I can't, not many super like familiar and regular movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to buy it. No shock. <laughs> uh, but I think... You can at least say you didn't hate it. You enjoyed it more than you thought you would. Yeah, and this right. is it's it's one of these things that I feel like if you were to sit down with another person who gets some of the bad stuff in this movie, you could laugh at it, you know. And there's enjoyment to be had out of that. But there are some genuinely enjoyable moments in the movie. It's just there's some genuinely weird ones as well. Agreed, but it's all in fun. All in good fun. And there's Debbie Reynolds, so you can't hate that. There you go. And I introduced you to another Debbie Reynolds movie. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and next year you will do it with Halloween Town 2. <laughs> no, Wiener Boy's Revenge. 
We're going to the fourth one without that girl you don't like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, but that'll do it for our third week of uh, Halloween Random Recaps. So we have a fourth movie that we have coming up. Do you want to do the honors, or am I doing the honors because it's my half You, of the you month? do the honors because it was your choice. Okay. Uh, it is a movie. I will tease. I teased last time that it was a movie <laughs> that had its 20th anniversary or, or a big anniversary coming up. It was his 20th anniversary. Um, there was recently released uh, a video game about it. It is possibly, I'm not sure. I have not listened to everything that the Oz Network has produced, but it may be our first official horror movie that we're covering. Am I right? Uh, well, we did a, I, I, yeah, cause I would consider a quiet oh, place we- to be more thriller. Okay, but Quiet Place maybe technically. So our second official possibly uh, horror movie. This is more horror uh, than Quiet Place, so I'll 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 agree with you on that. Our one and a half horror <laughs> movie. <laughs> um, anyway, we are talking about the legendary, the historic Blair Witch Project, <laughs> which I was surprised to hear that Colin was all about. But uh, I'm excited. I didn't, I didn't know you were a fan. I, and I'm not I'm not into horror movies. Um and I don't know if I've said this maybe because we haven't covered horror movies, but like to me if I, if a horror movie doesn't scare me, I don't get what what's the point of it. I've always said it's like a comedy not making me laugh. I love comedy like when people say, "Oh, I love horror movies, but I'm not really scared by them." That's like saying I love comedies but they don't make me laugh. Um this isn't one of these movies that like I feel scared by. I just feel like it was, especially because it was the first like a, that's now become a genre of its own, like found footage horror films. Like, really, it wasn't until Paranormal Activity came out that it just became a thing. But like Blair Witch Project started that, and I just I, I appreciate how low budget this movie is. And, and I remember like when this movie came out, there was this big you know craze because there were people who thought this was real. Um, I even remember a friend telling me, it's like, yeah, there was a real story that happened. And I'm like, I don't think this can be real, you know? But um, after it came out and people realized it's not real, it's suddenly because it became this massive phenomenon. Everybody started dumping on the movie being like, oh, it's cheap. The acting's not great. You know, uh, it's just these these cheesy gags. This movie was made for like, what, $50,000? Like the most low budget movie ever to hit a hundred million dollars like i appreciate this movie for what it is and it started a genre of its own and also you know my mom had a handful of movies that she would watch almost every single day like if if she if she were just sitting at home she would just put on the perfect storm would be one of them because she was in love with george clooney black hawk down would be another because she was in love with eric banna blair witch project would be the other so the only movie that my mom would watch every single day that did not have to do with her, you know, um, <laughs> basically ogling a man was the Blair Witch Project. So my mom would be proud that we're covering the Blair Witch Project here. Is she joining us? <laughs> she died. So <laughs> in the honor of Halloween, maybe she will. Who knows? <laughs> An unexpected cameo. Yeah. <laughs> the ghost of Colin's mom. <laughs> Oh, maybe not. Maybe we would want to invite unwelcome guests. (laughs) Well, yeah, that is what we will be covering for our finale of our random Halloween recaps that we decided what we're doing. So, not random to you, but yeah, that's it. I don't know what else to say. Plug away, Colin. Plug away. 
Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Like us on Facebook. 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 Follow us on Twitter. Um, speech impediments are kicking in. There must be a spell uh, at work here. Fester uh, the cat. <laughs> uh, find us on social media channels and listen to us wherever you can. Just find us. Yes. You already did, but find us again. All right. Anything people should listen to? that's coming out recently or just came out uh star wars is going on we're going to have we just did attack of the clones we're about to do revenge of the sith we uh with attack of the clones we had our second ever recap that went over five hours so anything over five hours split it into two parts both parts are out at the same time so if you download one download the other uh it's definitely worth listening to we have a lot of fun with uh, all the star wars episodes we're gonna have the same thing with revenge of the sith when it comes out next week uh and amazing race um australia is gonna be starting in uh just over a week and i'm sure we'll be back in about a week or two to start covering that my name is rossi and child acting and my name is wiener boy because child acting thank you for listening to the oz network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at the oz network.net